Hello, and welcome back to Before I Knew More. Happy September. This is Jillian, and I am excited to be sitting back down to record another episode of the podcast. I'm currently sitting in the outskirts of a hurricane. As you probably know just from following the news over the past week or so, there's a hurricane along the um, east coast of the United States right now, Hurricane Dorian. And while I am inland enough that it's not really affecting me other than it being kind of rainy and windy, it is kind of tearing up the coast a bit. And that's kind of crazy. I've never lived on the coast before or in a coastal state before. So it's kind of a weird thing to know that there's just like a massive ball of wind and fire, or I mean not fire, (laughs) wind and water like hurtling 200 miles away from me. That's pretty weird. And as I was kind of watching the news this past week and following the progress of it, seeing like if I had to actually do anything to prepare for like power outages or flooding or things like that, I kind of noticed something that ties back into what I was planning on talking about today. So I kind of want to open up with that because I think it provides a pretty good like anecdote or analogy to sort of what uh, idea I'm going to be exploring today. The interesting thing about hurricanes is that I guess the interesting thing about weather in general now is that you can kind of predict it in advance. I was actually kind of thinking about like the first time that in history like people experienced like a hurricane or a tsunami or something like they literally must have thought that the world was ending that would just be so terrifying like you're like well we're getting beat up by water that will never end and our i don't know what see this is my landlocked midwestern self coming into play i don't really know I mean, I know what hurricanes do, but I don't know. I know they, like, cause flooding and, like, rip apart houses and things like that. But, like, just, like, not knowing that, like, nature is the thing and that, like, storms form because of scientific reasons. Like, you'd probably think you were getting, like, smited and that the world was coming to an end. But nowadays, we're able to (laughs) predict these things through, like, radars and technology and things like that. I feel like that kind of contributes to a sense of not invincibility but immunity maybe because I think that everyone sort of has an inherent feeling that like oh it'll never happen to me but when it does (laughs) there's not really much you can do about it and over the course of the past week the uh category of the hurricane has been upgraded and they've been giving a very detailed report of what has been going on with it and a lot of people hear immediately oh there's a hurricane this is the path it's going to be on but it won't be for like another week until it hits this specific area those people will start right away they'll gather their kits they'll start trying to arrange like a hotel or somewhere further inland so they can get out of the direct path of it without any real like prompting that's just what they do there's a problem and they (laughs) address it there are other things that happen later down the line as the the storm's approach becomes more imminent. They start to, and by they, I guess I suppose it's probably like local government and enforcement and then news stations, but there's forced evacuations of areas. And this is where they're like, all right, people, you've stayed long enough. It's time to go. We're forcing an evacuation for your own safety because if you stay, there's a good chance that you'll die because hurricanes don't 
take into consideration individuals like they just destroy what's ever in their path so everyone clears out and this happened yesterday um for the state of north carolina so everyone was driving in westward kind of towards raleigh and towards uh where i live but then (laughs) you have the people that despite weeks of warnings through this advanced technology and radar systems and despite uh, forced evacuations and people patrolling neighborhoods and knocking on doors and getting people to leave that they are just so stubborn that they stay and they they still won't leave their home and get out of the way of this force of nature that's destroying everything in its path and I don't know if they deserve kudos for their determination or the Darwin Award for their absolute just stupidity but I think that there's a part probably like it is hard to leave your home to leave all your things behind and just evacuate because there's this thing that you just cannot control that's hurtling towards you and there's nothing you can do about it and I think that for those people that stay it might be sort of a feeling of like not giving up that control they think that if they stay they can protect themselves they'll be okay And they don't want to admit that this force that is just beyond control of man can have such a drastic impact on their life. Whether or not that's logical or not is a complete other discussion, but I think that's kind of, on a smaller scale, something that a lot of us experience uh, throughout our daily lives. There's issues that are bigger than us that We might not necessarily know how they began or know how to solve it, but we think that if we stay there and just do what we would normally do and maintain our routine and not stray from our typical actions, that the problem will just take care of itself. And much like a hurricane, most things in life need you to take some sort of action to uh, reconcile the issue or to solve the problem. But... It's that action, that admittance of lack of control, that resignment of your strength and abilities that's kind of the holdup. And I think that being aware of that and knowing when the right time is to sort of relinquish control um, or the appearance of control or the illusion of control and to actually take actions to address a problem is really important and that's kind of what I wanted to get into today is throughout our day-to-day lives throughout our long-term lives there's issues that come up and some are easy and we can address them immediately like oh you get an email that you have a bill due today well you pay it you take the logical action oh you owe someone money give them that money and the problem is solved. There are bigger issues too though, like hurricanes or severe financial issues or uh, being stuck um, and not knowing what to do, whether it's like fixing your car or finding a new job. There's all these things that are problems that need to be addressed, but they arguably could be left alone. But ultimately, if you don't address them, it's going to snowball into something much worse than it was originally. And we know this on an intellectual level, but then why do we let it get to the point where it is 
a hurricane rather than a rainstorm. With a storm, if it's just raining outside, all you need is an umbrella. And if you take that immediate action, problem is solved. You're not getting wet and you're protected from the storm. But sometimes if we don't use that umbrella and uh, keep walking without the umbrella, we'll end up in the middle of a hurricane. And that's where things become a lot more difficult. And sometimes we might even get used to the rain. The main part or the main issue with taking the step to address a problem is that we have to admit that it's an issue in the first place. And sometimes that's the hardest part because we want to think that we have it all together. We want to think that things are going how we want them to or that we have things under control. But admitting that we don't is kind of tough. It's kind of like the classic like addiction thing or whatever, right? Like admitting it is the first step with like within a 12-step program. But like the same thing applies to a problem that you may have. How can you address a problem? How can you take concrete steps to solve whatever you're facing if you don't admit that the things that you're going through are problematic in the first place? If you don't identify it, how can you then take the actions necessary to resolve it. I feel like one of the main reasons that we are so timid to admit that there's a problem in the first place is that, at least for me, oftentimes solving the problem may involve getting other people involved. And there's just this inherent barrier for me where I don't want to bother others with my problems because they seem trivial and I don't want to take up their time. And if it's my problem, it's exactly that. It's my problem and I should be able to fix it on my own. But oftentimes that's just not the case. And I kind of really figured that out Um my sophomore year of college when I went through a period of severe anxiety and uh, mild depression. I was having anxiety attacks like three or four times a week and they were terrible. It felt like I was, I, or it didn't feel like it, I was. I would hyperventilate. I would completely shut down and not be able to function for sometimes an a-, a couple of hours. And the weird thing is now looking back at it like back to the storm analogy like I got used to the rain I figured oh like it's only a couple times a week that's like fine it's not every day that became the new normal like literally breaking down and not being able to like control my breathing or my thoughts um, or the tears streaming down my face became a new normal and I thought that was fine and that oh I'll get through it it'll fix itself Um, but it took kind of unlike the people that once they get a sniff of a hurricane approaching just pack up immediately and take the necessary precautions to protect themselves I was more of the person that needed the nudging of the mandatory evacuation um, in that it took my dad um, to convince me to do something about it and I don't know I honestly don't know why it took me well I do know why it took me so long because I 
thought that I was strong enough to handle it on my own. That even though in the middle of the summer, when I was outside in direct sunlight, it still felt dark outside, that I could somehow get over that by myself. And it actually ended up being that the cause of what I was feeling was partially related to something beyond my um, own I guess thoughts in that there was literally a huge chemical imbalance because of the birth control pill I was taking. It was like way too high in estrogen, which was just catalyzing everything that I was going through and making it 10 times worse. So not only did I one, not admit that I had a problem, but two, once I did realize that I wasn't feeling great, I didn't stop taking something that was contributing to it until my dad basically made me like oh just looking back on it why did I think that that was okay I let myself get used to something that was so suboptimal and it took my dad saying to me what do you are you, are you just gonna feel this way the rest of your life and I was like gosh I hope not and he, he sat me down we were sitting in a car in downtown Minneapolis, he was uh, driving me to work because we had gotten lunch, but he said to me that you are able to do a lot of things by yourself, but this is one of those things that you just can't address by yourself and you're gonna need to ask for help. And that's okay. Sometimes you need other people and that's why there's other people there. And I've always had trouble asking for help. Like in high school, if I didn't get something in math, I figured, oh, well, like, I should be able to figure it out by myself. And if I can't, like, oh, well, I wouldn't ask the teacher for help, which is just so stupid. And part of it's a sense of pride, probably, but also that pride is, I think, masking weakness in that we, I, I had a fear of showing weakness or showing inferiority. And I think that with like the anxiety and depression, I didn't want to admit it because I didn't want to admit that I had this weakness or thing that was beyond my control. That was literally a storm inside of me that was spiraling out of control. And I wouldn't have done anything about it Maybe eventually I would have when it turned into a full-blown hurricane, but at that point, oftentimes it's a little too late to evacuate. When the storm's already there, sometimes the damage is done and you can't get as good of results as if you would have taken action earlier. But sometimes, sometimes it does take a nudge, and that's okay. But I think that learning to identify those points in time where a nudge would be super helpful from an outside source and giving that to yourself or addressing a problem before it gets to the point where you need to have outside interference is a skill that needs to be practiced and can be developed. And while it may not be something that I or you are necessarily superb at right now, that doesn't mean it won't be in the future. Things take time. And that can be the most daunting part, honestly, is knowing how much time and how much work resolving some issues takes. Like right now, I'm currently 
looking for another job. And in my mindset, I've known I wanted to switch jobs for like the past four months, but I've only in the past couple of weeks started actually taking actions to do that in a concentrated effort. Because I know I went, (laughs) I just went through the job search process and it is rough. You feel like you're flushing a toilet when you send out your resumes. You're literally just like shooting them out to these companies that get hundreds of applications and it feels like yours just gets lost in the void. So what's the point? And it's pretty defeating. And just knowing that that is the process and that it is a numbers game makes it hard to want to play (laughs) that game because it's a crappy game. Uh, But eventually you win it. It's kind of like how in the, in like poker and stuff, you, in the, well, in the long run, I guess the house always wins, but so let's ignore that part. But in the short term, it's easy to see a loss and feel as though that's the end of it. But if you sit at the table for a little longer and go through some more hands and are diligent about how you're betting your chips and rationing your Uh, resources, after a little bit of time, you'll end up ahead. But you have to be wise about like cashing out at the right time and all that fun stuff. But eventually, comparing the short term to the long term, the long term is always better. And it's important to know that, that that effort, even the current long term will eventually be short term in perspective when you're looking back on it in 10 years, 20 years, 40 years, hopefully maybe a hundred years because by then humans will live longer and I will be able to do my thing where I have lived in three centuries and that would be super fun. Um, But yeah, (laughs) where was I? Yeah. So, but eventually the short term, the long term becomes the short term and with perspective, it becomes a lot more, it makes the long-term current investment seem much more worth it because in the long run, it's not really that much time. And knowing that makes it really easy to, or not really easy, but it makes it easier to take action. Because what do you really have to lose? I actually uh, um, did a, the, as I was sort of recovering from my lowest point of anxiety and depression, I took a class on um theory-based health communication, which was my favorite class in college. Um, But we were working on a campaign to promote help-seeking amongst uh, depressed college students. And at the end of the semester, after writing like a huge research paper that analyzed a bunch of data about all these different points uh, that are important to study when determining health communication and building a message, my... um, message or my campaign that I developed was called the power of an hour and I forget exactly what it was about but it was basically like an hour and in such a small amount of time in one hour you could take a massive step into addressing your mental health issues your depression and what do you really have to lose how much really is one hour of your time and the same kind of goes for any issue whether it's uh, fixing your car, take it into the dealership, that's a couple hours out of your Saturday, problems fixed, and you save yourself money down the line because your engine doesn't fall out, or find yourself 
invest the time to apply to a new job because all that time spent will eventually give you a longer period of time where you're happy and not like miserable being chained to a desk doing a task that you really find monotonous and soul-sucking. <laughs> wonder if that's uh, a description of my current situation. Um, but yeah, so kind of keeping that perspective, I think makes it a lot easier to sort of take that initiative and get the momentum to start addressing whatever issue it is that is facing you. But back to that poker analogy that I made just a minute ago. Um, I actually, last night, me and my boyfriend watched this movie called Win It All on Netflix. Highly recommend. Um, the It was written and I think directed, probably produced, and starred Jake Johnson. And if y'all have listened, or not listened, um, if y'all have watched New Girl, uh, Jake Johnson is the uh, actor that plays Nick Miller, and I'm absolutely obsessed with Jake Johnson. I've been doing deep dives into him recently because um, I just find him so charming, and I just I really like him, and I think he's a really talented actor, and I love the characters he plays. Um, and he's from uh, Evanston, Illinois, which is the Midwest, and I always think it's fun that like celebrities are from the Midwest, like Ashton Kutcher is from like cedar rapids iowa or whatever <laughs> like hey i've been there that's like near where i grew up and i don't know i always think that's fun but anyway love jake johnson and this movie when it all came to my attention while i was listening to him being interviewed on dax shepherd's podcast uh, armchair expert which after you finish this episode go listen to that podcast because it is very good um but he was talking about this movie and I was like "Ooh, another creative endeavor from Jake Johnson I have to consume this and so I did and it was really good but the reason that this links back to the uh, poker analogy I was making earlier is actually because in this movie, Jake Johnson plays a character called Eddie, who is a gambling addict. And the worst part is that he's not good at it at all. And this causes a lot of issues. Um, and I don't want to spoil like the whole plot or anything like that, because I do think you should go watch this after you uh, listen to this podcast episode because it's I just really like this movie but basically there comes a point in the movie and I'll just kind of talk about the part that's relevant to what I'm talking about in this episode because when I was watching it yesterday it sort of like sparked a little thought train thought bubble in my head uh, that made me want to sort of bring it up here but enough dancing around actually talking about it here sorry <laughs> I'll like talk about it now but the thing here is that he knows that he has a problem intellectually but emotionally he can't admit it to himself and he can't admit it to his family he puts up all of these sort of uh charades I suppose to deflect from actually having to tell them what the issue is and only when he meets with his sponsor 
in quotes because you'll see why when you watch the movie, who is happens to be played by Keegan-Michael Key, also someone that I really love and think is super talented. His sponsor makes him admit not only that he has a gambling problem, now that's the surface level is admitting that he has a gambling problem, but he makes him say the words, I am an idiot and I am addicted to losing. Not just the blanket statement of I have a gambling problem because it really makes him call out the worst qualities of himself. And that was super tough. He It was like uh, pulling, fa- pulling teeth. Yeah, that's the phrase. It was like pulling teeth trying to get him to say this. And this is after all of this other stuff has happened in the movie to add to the conflict and the plot. But his biggest problem with trying to solve this issue of being a gambling addict um, was that he didn't want to admit the deepest, darkest, worst part of himself. (sighs) Yeah, makes sense, right? Nobody wants to do that. The way that we are able to function as people is through having a self-esteem and thinking that the actions that we take are good and being able to rationalize our actions. And that's kind of how he gets away and gets away with doing this for so long with himself, but also how we tend to sort of put off the things that we deep down know we should do is that we rationalize it and we provide reasons why what we're doing or what we're not doing, i.e. addressing an issue, is okay. As in, I guess, for example, how I rationalized like depression was like, oh, it's not that bad. Oh, other people have it worse. Oh, it's only sometimes that I freak out and become immobile <laughs> for hours. And we provide all of these excuses for ourselves that defend what we're feeling or what we're going through so that we don't feel bad about ourselves and so we don't take that hit to our self-esteem. But sometimes the key, the key to solving the problem and the key to maintaining our self-esteem and our self, uh, well, our well-being is admitting that it might not really be there right now. We might not really be well or have a great state of mind or be secure. So it's kind of counterintuitive. It's kind of the opposite of what we instinctually want to do, which is what makes it so hard. But in this movie, once Jake Johnson's character is able to admit this, admit the worst part of himself out loud in a diner to a person, it makes it a lot easier for him to fix it. And from that point on in the movie, you start to see progress happen. But it, ta- it took kind of hitting that bottom to come back up. And that's what we have to be willing to do. Sometimes we have to be willing to make those sacrifices. And 
obviously like not everything we go through in life is like super serious or like life or death or things like that like not every day is us running from a hurricane but that doesn't mean that we don't have small problems and not necessarily even a problem but just small issues that we need to acknowledge and address like every day where this can be useful like for instance at work or at school you'll have tiny things throughout your day like a homework assignment that you need to do um, or a project you need to meet uh, to get done or a deadline you need to meet and acknowledging that those things exist is the first step to completing them and I think that when we are in those deeper issues there are little things along the way that can kind of help lead us to the solution. Yesterday, when I was driving home from work, it took like twice as long as it normally does because there were all of these people fleeing the hurricane from the coast and coming in westward, which is the direction I was driving to get home. And it was cloudy and it was windy. There was some sun, but amongst all these clouds, which is what I was focused on, was like, wow, it's really cloudy when it's been super nice here lately. Amongst these clouds, there's this small sliver of a rainbow. And I'm not kidding, like, there's literally, like, just, like, this tiny sliver. If we're thinking, like, rainbows are, like, 180 degrees, it was maybe, like, a two-degree sliver of a rainbow in between this break in the clouds. And this rainbow was positioned along the western horizon, so the direction that everybody was driving towards. So it was almost as if, like, in my head, I kind of looked at it and I was like, wow, like, this is literally, like, kind of like a little beacon leading these people who are looking for safety westward. And while obviously, like, with roads and GPS and things like that, we can know which way is westward. But there is this rainbow which like biblically has a lot of significance like god places a rainbow after the flood as a promise that he would never do anything like that again um so like symbolically i felt like in my mind i was like oh wow like that's kind of cool there's this little sliver of rainbow sort of just directing people to safety and while like people obviously weren't like directly following the rainbow It was kind of just like a little sliver of comfort that even in all of this, no matter what issue is happening or what you're going through, what storm you're trying to escape, if you look, there is a way out and there will be something to guide you there, but you just have to find it and you have to be willing to do the work to find it because you deserve it. And whatever problems you may be facing, whatever you're going through, while it's easy to do the whole rationalization thing and say that other people have it worse, that doesn't mean that it's not a problem. Just because there are problems that are big and little doesn't mean that the medium ones don't count. So I guess if I were to summarize this in a couple of phrases, it would be one, be willing to acknowledge your problems and acknowledge your faults because there are many As great as you may be, there are many faults and many things you need to work on, but you can't work on them until you acknowledge what they are. Two would be that whatever problems you're facing are valid and should be addressed. And three, be willing to accept the nudges from other people or the signs or the small glimpses of direction towards 
resolving your problem. When I was trying to think of a title before I uh, started recording this podcast, I was trying to figure out a way to do like a play on uh, Jay-Z's 99 Problems in that, well, even though Jay-Z's got 99 problems, but a bitch ain't one, at least he can admit he has those problems, right? So let's be like Jay-Z. Let's (laughs) admit that we have 99, 100, 1,000, however many problems we have, and know that you can fix it. I mean, as long as a bitch ain't one, because that just gets into a whole other slew of problem-solving capabilities that I am personally not qualified to discuss. (laughs) Okay, well, I guess my challenge for this episode is going to be to identify a problem, just a small one, just a small one this week. Identify something that's been a thorn in your paw, uh, that's not super massive, but something that you think would make your life a little better if you addressed it and try to figure out a way to resolve it for yourself because you deserve that. Thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast. I think I have some really exciting episodes coming up in the coming weeks and I am excited to record those and put those out. So I hope you come back and keep an eye on the uh, on your podcast apps and listen to before I knew more next time. Thanks and have a great week.